I am Frau Blucher. Inga, may I present Frau Blucher? After you, Frau Blucher. GIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Manson. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour. We are going to have a special day. It's one of those days where we just kind of threw it together and liked what we saw in the skillet. But let's say hello first to bad boy, Benny Mathers at the board. How are you doing, Benny? <laughs> That's the best one I could come up with. The best That's one. That's very good. Thank you. Our opening there was a little homage to uh, Cloris Leachman, who passed away this week. And I believe uh, she was either 94 or 96. 94. 94. And then following that was Cicely Tyson at 96. We have some people with very long lives. And because the Hollywood maxim is that people tend to pass away in threes within a narrow time frame, we also remembered on Saturday and will again today, Larry King at 87. That's right. Three, three Hollywood. So they weren't three. exactly untimely deaths, although there were right. COVID complications in the case of Larry King. But mm -hmm. uh, these are people who live long and super productive lives, and they mm -hmm. are going to be beloved yeah. for a long time to come. Mm -hmm. I know people who are beloved, and we have two of them in the studio we today. Do. A word about Deborah Wilson, Deborah Adianne Wilson, our angel lady. She has taken ill, though not seriously, I'm happy to report, as she vacations down in Mexico. She came down with the flu bug and she just didn't feel like she could be 100% for her appearance here today. So we are going to postpone that. Uh, even as we send our best wishes to Deborah, she wanted to have everybody know she's been on the show more than any other individual. Yes, she has. And she wanted everyone to know that uh, she is on the mend and looking forward to her next appearance on Manson Mitchell. Very good. And today, uh, stepping in at the last minute, a, a relief pitcher from the sidelines is a very longtime friend. She, we have known her forever, and she also has a show on KKNW. Oh, really? Did they put her on the radio? We, we've been on 14 years. I had to this, wake her up. She was this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to wake her up. She already was out for the morning show. Now she's back for another one. That's true. Yeah. That's true. She's a hardworking gal. This is her 14th appearance with us today, according to my records. And this is the ever delightful Dina Marie. She uh, is, a, she has been a personal fitness trainer, hypnotherapist, spiritual counselor, Reiki master, ordained minister, and a mother of three. As a certified spiritual counselor, licensed hypnotherapist, ordained minister, and Reiki master, Dina Marie takes a client-centered approach to her therapy using her intuition to reveal new directions and ideas. Her counseling techniques include crystal readings, and she has written a book called Our Energy Matters, The Art of Crystal Reading, which we're going to talk about today. It's not a brand new book, no, but it's getting a resurgence in a lot of interest by people years later. So we want to make sure we talk about that. And uh, with the help of the angels, 
She maintains a lighthearted and loving approach to holistic healing. Also joining us today is an invited guest. This is his second time on air, and his name is Kenny Ulrich. He is a friend, a very dear friend of Gary Mance and myself, and who introduced us? Dina Marie. So he is a friend of all three of us. And so I want to welcome first Dina Marie to Manson Mitchell for the 14th time. Welcome, my dear. Wow. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> I've had a long, so lovely long, life, see? haven't I? Jeez. <laughs> 14 years, 14 times. Beautiful. And Kenny, this is number two for you in the studio. And we are happy to have you here today as well. And Kenny, I wanted to let you know that you already have received a title. I discussed it over breakfast coffee with Suzanne Mitchell, and she said, you go ahead and say it. I'm not going to say it. I dub the sidekick Kenny. <laughs> okay. Hey, I like that. All right. Someone's <laughs> got to have one. Well done. Well done. I like it. It's wonderful to have the two of you in the studio with us. Suzanne wanted, and of course, Dina Marie, this was part of a discussion when she kindly consented to come on the show on short notice there, but Suzanne wanted to be sure to take early opportunity to focus on the resurgence, the revival of a book that you wrote, Dina Marie, in 2007, and now 14 years later, it's enjoying this revival. I wonder if you have an explanation for that. I do not. <laughs> Just kidding. All I know is I asked for, you know, what am I supposed to do next? And then I got synchronicity after synchronicity, people buying it online. Uh, one of the books that actually had my picture glued in it, and it was a uh, signed to somebody named Angela. Uh, but a lot of people are buying my books. A lot of my guests, authors I've been um, working with are buying my books. Uh, both of them. I like that. Well, do you have do you have books to sell? Because I, there was a limited first run edition. And are you out of books yet? Or do you still have some to sell? So last year, I thought it, I was in a nine year. It's the ending. I thought, okay, it's over. And I can't go back to Hawaii. And that's normally where I do my healing work with the book. And then I had people saying they were buying it on Amazon. And so I didn't realize how many bookstores I had dropped off about 50 books. So those books are now at a bookstore and people are for some reason buying them. And now I'm thinking I'm back teaching, but I, I couldn't not do it. It's just so obvious that I guess the time is right. Our energy matters makes more sense to people now than it did maybe 15 years ago. Well, that's true. And I wanted to re-familiarize myself with it, Dana Marie. And so the last couple of days, I've been reading through it uh, for the second time. But the first time was so many years ago that it feels like it's all new material to me. And I was I was wowed. I mean, I was I was reading what what it was you were talking about. And I'll tell you in the in the first part of the book, um, one of the things that I found so fascinating was the idea of energy exchanges. I really liked what you had to say about people exchanging energy with each other and depending on where they have issues, whether you know it's it's in the one of the seven chakras, which most of our listeners are very familiar with. Um, they'll be getting with people who maybe have uh, who compensate for either where they are, where they're blocked. And I, I wanted you to say a little bit about that because I just found that fascinating. And, you know, I was saying to Gary, you know, we haven't done our work with Dina Marie in a long time, but, you know, they say there's a lid for every pot. 
And so I, I'm thinking, well, where where are my blockages? Where are his blockages? How do they how do we compensate for each other? And do am, am I right about how I'm describing that? Yes. And remember that because of that book is the reason I know you and Kenny and, and Gary. We met at a meeting and I gave everyone a crystal and you pulled one and Gary pulled one and they were on these little cards. And you're a fire sign. Gary was an earth sign. And I, I don't remember the rocks you each pulled, but it, you guys fit like a little puzzle piece. You're, you're the fire that lifts, lifts his spirits. <laughs> and he, he, he needs that because back then Gary was a very, I don't want to say stubborn, but very Virgo. And a very Virgo is a good way to put it. <laughs> and he has come a long way. And he's way. still very Virgo. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you're, you're the Aries, you're the fire sign. You're like the, the baby in numerology and uh, you're the one that wanted to make the big move to Florida, and he was super hesitant. Um, and I, you guys can't see him, but we're jealous because Gary's, you know, they're they're warm. Are you guys warm? He's in shorts. Yeah, He's in, you can say I it. I didn't want to say it. But... In late January. Uh huh. So yeah, I and I again because of that reading and the rocks and all the events we did together, I I got to come visit you. Uh, but yeah, your sunshiny Aries fire. Uh, you 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 guys needed each other actually. So I watch you guys grow together. Yeah, we do feel like there was a contract somewhere over uh, perhaps on the other side where we said, hey, let's meet up there on planet Earth and torture each other or whatever. <laughs> That's what relationships are all about. <laughs> if we bring astrology into it, which I do from time to time on this program, it's interesting to me to consider the fact that Suzanne and I, on September 30, will have our 20th anniversary as a couple. But looking at that, I wonder, how did we manage to do that? Because the prevailing wisdom, standard comment about a matchup of a Virgo and an Aries is that it won't work. Forget about it. One is uh, stodgy, pragmatic Virgo, analyzes everything to death. And you have the Aries female who is hard charging, very determined, and has that fire in the belly, characteristically fiery. I can tell you, Dina Marie and Kenny, that there have been women I have known, quite a few in succession actually, as friends, employers, and fellow metaphysicians, who had that fire in the belly that resembled more a forest fire than a hearth fire. There is a very qualitative distinction to be drawn. And in the case of Suzanne, she was born on Easter Sunday and has that springtime energy and the fire in the belly, but it's muted because if you look at her birth chart, you see a bunch of planets in retrograde and it has this muting, mellowing effect on her energy, which otherwise I'm quite sure would be far too much for me to handle. <laughs> well, and then you had me on a show and asked me if I could do some readings online and we did uh, past lives and numerology. And I, I totally remember the reading with you two. I see Gary in a church past life. A lot of information came in. Maybe he was a scribe, but he did not get to express it. Now he's on radio. And when he first started, he was really expressing uh, um, things that that uh, bothered him. You know, platforms that maybe, how do I say it? He, he spoke up about things at first. And then here comes uh, Suzanne. She was, I want to say the, the money handler. <laughs> She's the one in, in the, the temple or whatever who was in charge and people, I say worshipped her. That almost came out of my mouth. And she was in charge. And, and so how you have you out and about with this uh, fiery person 
and you've learned to lift your spirits a little bit. She's learned to tame hers down because when you come back as an Aries, you may go too fast, too quickly, too forward. So Gary's like your anchor, and you do have karma, definitely. And I want to say somewhere in the church, somewhere in a past life where Gary's in the catacombs and you are running the show and... Oh, funny. Here we go. I don't know. <laughs> You're both running the show. <laughs> and Suzanne came along to give the catacombs a woman's touch. <laughs> it's pretty dreary down there. About time. Right? <laughs> and I yes. could be wrong. So I just remember it's your It's interesting why people get together and the purposes they serve. I've had numerous people, one in particular, who's one of the best pure psychics I've ever met, their name is Sandy. She goes by Connie. That's her stage name, I like to say. Still around, too, about 85 in Las Vegas. I haven't spoken to her in a while. But Connie was always great for indicating that people get together in order to, as she put it, work on it. You would work on it together because for reasons that are obscure to me, maybe you have some insight into this, either you, Dina Marie, or you, Ken. And that is, when we pair up with people, there seem to be lessons that we can learn, our opportunities to learn here on the earth plane in a way or to a degree that is not possible when we are spirits playing our harps on the other side. I don't know why that would be the case. I would think it would be easier over there, but I am told authoritatively by various people like Connie that no, we need to have this density of the human fleshly experience in order to learn certain things. Well, my clients call it homework. That's what it's called. You know, you, you come to me and we, we opened up some doors and then you have homework. The earth is, is planet homework. <laughs> and it's you using your, uh, your intangibles, your upper chakras to manifest physical form. So I believe, yeah, there are other, I believe there's other places where it's just thought form. Here it's physical, so it's super dense. And if you have an idea and you want to do it, it takes a little bit of time. But in your mind, you can do it hopefully immediately. But how about pairing up another person to help you uh, visualize your dreams and manifest together? You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of homework. One of the things that you talk about in Our Energy Matters has to do, and I'm still on this idea of, you know, energy exchanges. You, you tell a story in there about um, a, a young boy who is in a place that's selling a lot of stones and you're there. And you see him choosing a bunch of blue stones where he is within sight of his father. And you say to him, uh, you know, I collect stones. Would you pick one out for me that I can, that I can buy? And he didn't pick a blue stone. And, and I like how, how you were talking about, you know, here's this young boy but, you know, what was it about the stone he chose that gave you some insight? And, and what do you think was going on between he and his father? Well, I was watching him. Of course, I was mesmerized because it was a bunch of polished stones and I was going to get some. But he kept glancing up at his dad and he was picking rocks. I mean, he must have been able to buy <clears throat> five of them or something. <clears throat> Everyone was blue. His dad looked pretty, you know, masculine. And maybe they played sports or something was going on where he really wanted his dad to see him pick the blue stones. And then, I don't know, I did not expect him to pick that pink one at all. I thought I'd get a nice blue stone. Dad walked away. He gives it to me as quickly as he's, he can. And through thousands, how many readings have I done? I have no idea the speed readings I do sometimes at parties. <clears throat> but it'll be um, a, a man who come in, and he'll get eight 
pink stones and his heart is breaking and he's super sensitive. And there's a, maybe he needs to come out of the closet. There's a lot of things going on in his heart and he's not able to be himself and also goes back to uh, childhood issues with your parents. Uh, when I see that, that pink stone, which I still have in my, my, my uh, crystal set, I know that we have to go back to do some inner child work. A lot of people aren't, aren't living the life they came here that they want to live. They're living the life for everybody else. And I think that's why the book's popular. I think the word authentic has become popular, and people really aren't happy being what everybody else wants them to be. And so right now I think it's, it's, it might be actually popular to be authentic and be yourself. That makes perfect sense to me. In fact, it speaks to my own aspirational uh, nature because if we aspire higher, how do you exclude being who you really are once you discover it or are in the process of discovering yourself and then revealing it to the world? It takes courage to do that. You don't know how you're going to be received. But if you are authentic, you are willing to say, this is what I'm here to do. This is who I am essentially, whether I am loved, hated, or some of each in this life. And we all go through periods of being liked or disliked, being with the popular side or the unpopular. If we are true to ourselves, that's one of the most magnificent accomplishments anyone can make, even if it is unheralded. You don't always get a headline in the New York Times for being yourself, but your life will go better ultimately if you do. Well, I don't think people want to be themselves because um, uh, they take the chance on not being liked. When you are being your authentic self, there will be things that are authentic about you, but other people may judge that harshly. And, uh, you know, Kenny, you mentioned something in a conversation that we had recently about, you know, one of the parts of your being your authentic self is riding a Harley. And yet, didn't you have an experience where people are looking at you like maybe you're some kind of dangerous biker guy? <laughs> I, I guess it's possible. I, obviously, I don't live the lifestyle. I don't have too many piercings or tattoos, so... I don't come across too scary. Well, we can't see him yet. <laughs> Maybe you got him on there. Yeah. He's the shy one. Secret ones. Yeah. But yes. Ken, I wanted to ask you, here's what, yes, were you going to say something else about that? No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, it's all right. I'm going to go in. I'm going to take a little byway here with sidekick Kenny. Ken Ulrich, there, when, when you amassed your fortune, you were a well-to-do man. And that is a product of Suzanne's giving me the stink eye over here because I'm bringing for her money. But, the, you know, <laughs> but you are well to do because you earned your place in this world in more ways than one, but certainly financially, so that you were able to take an early, somewhat early retirement from Boeing. That takes a life of commitment. It takes the dedication to precision, because if you can't be precise building airplanes, you have problems, some of which are, are dealt with by all airplane manufacturers, including Boeing. But this life of dedication to, pre to precision and to productivity has paid off handsomely for you. And yet the Ken Ulrich that I know also has this side, and I'd love to know how that developed for you, Ken. This side of you that is gentle and kind and artistic does glass blowing and i'm telling you our listeners would love if we, if we could just put it up there on the radio and you could actually see it with kenny's skills as a glass blowing artist he comes up with these beautiful little orbs these little worlds 
that have the most interesting patterns and some of them are are more pattern than others but they're all beautiful and all unique that's the thing they are they are artistically unique if you wanted to set up a business and accept payment through paypal or what have you you could have a whole new career going ken because you're that good at it my question to you is how did you how did you get the opportunity to discover and then develop this side of your nature well um i went into it kind of kicking and screaming actually uh my first experience with it was a total disaster um <laughs> and uh for some reason uh you know it, it's just like we're talking here you know your teachers your mentors and the people that can show you your path uh you know they are uber important and helping you move forward in that and uh unfortunately the first teacher the experience I had was uh was not very well focused on that and and uh, I don't know how to describe it. but anyway but it, it, she was doing it as a means to an end and not really as a competent teacher or shower so I just we just kind of backed off of it for a while and then I just for some reason I don't know why I don't I don't know to this day or whatever I just said I'm just going to give it another chance and met another another teacher who was very passionate and uh very uh you know wanted to help us out and make sure we did the right thing and and it took off from there you know i'm thinking about a guest that gary and i spoke with last week as you're talking kenny and he was talking about Can I say something that's just so magical? Because I reached out to Sarah, I want to say two years ago, because I had your story pop into my mind because I was unpacking and I found the glass uh, ball that you had given me Mm -hmm. on my birthday. And the moment it all just flooded into my mind, it was a metaphysical mixer. Sarah and Kenny came up for a reading and I got no work, uh, all work, no play. And that was what they were working a lot. And like you said, they worked a lot. That's what they did. But there was no play. And what Sarah shared to me, like in an email a couple days later, is that she took the day off from work, was in the garden, and had an idea to call a, a glass person and get Kenny in for a glass-blowing session. And see how beautiful. Look at that one little them doing something, doing their homework. And I, had, I just got one the other day, another one. But he came to my, one of my events right after, and he gave me earrings. And him and Sarah were there. It was my birthday. I mean, it's just a magical thing that you and I are sitting right here, but... If Sarah hadn't made the call, you know what I'm saying? And then another teacher came, and then you thrived, but you did something. You physically did something. And instead of only nurturing the work part of you, you worked. Now you have a Harley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you nurtured the, the playful, fun um, part, and I think that probably helped your relationship too, both of you. Yes. Oh, no, definitely. There, there's no doubt about it. She, uh, uh, she, she took great pleasure in kind of guiding me to that and and getting me into that and and uh although uh we did uh kind of clash sometimes on some of the colors I used <laughs> but uh that's just the marriage thing but uh <laughs> but uh overall it was very good it was it was uh, a very good and I just find it uh kind of fascinating and just unusual that I that I'm doing it in a way because it just who would ever thought that you know, glass blowing would just be in my life. I, I just 
You, you know, I, I started to say, and, and I don't mind at all, you're jumping in, Dina Marie, but we, we had a guest on last Saturday whose book is titled Disruptive Play. And our, our conversation was about playing. And, and one of the things that uh, this author says is that play is not goal-oriented. And when you were talking about your first teacher, you were saying she seemed to have, uh, you know, a goal in mind, an agenda. But when you're really in a creative mode, it is playful. It doesn't have to be a certain way. It is, it, it's more free-flowing. That creativity just, you know, kind of explodes in you know whatever it is that your medium is and uh and i like that idea of of um gravitating to things that you enjoy doing because they are like play it, it isn't like you can start something and be the best at it the first time you try it that you know that would that would be a pretty boring life I, I talked to a man once that I, I was trying to introduce to public speaking and he said, oh, I would never, I would never want to do that because, you know, I'm not good at it already. And I went, well, that's the point. I mean, you, you do some of these things in order to get better, but, you know, some people don't want to try anything because it, because they might not look good or it might not, you know, they might not be a superstar on day one. But, but getting back to that whole energy exchange thing, um, Adina Marie, that I find so fascinating in your book, um, would you say that no matter who the people are, I mean, the example that we were giving was the uh, father and son, and then you got involved with the son saying, you know, would you choose a rock for me to take home, a stone? Um, would you say that any time there are two people together, that there is going to be an energy exchange of some kind based on what is going on in their lives as far as, you know, what chakras are flowing smoothly and which ones aren't? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, always, all day, all day long. I have somebody pull their rocks uh, and then they go to work next week, you know, and their boss yells at them. I mean, it changes all day long. Uh, I have a guy who's, he, he, had a, he had a brain tumor, and he was coming to me for, for hypnotherapy and such. And one day he came in, all of his chakras were aligned, and he'd been out in the woods hiking. So, of course, that it was his prescription is to get out. He moved into the woods, he, and he doesn't have a brain tumor anymore. He's actually in the book. I forgot. But I think, I think the most important thing is to be balanced. So as the chakras, the upper chakras, are your playful uh, creativity, inspiration, imagination, which kids have right when they're born. I mean, they, we, we kind of take it away from them. Maybe that's where we get the all work, no play. I had an all work, no play, almost killed me. I had, you know, I could not stop working. But that's what I was, you know, told as a child is what I was supposed to do. And I also had that guilt if I didn't get up and do, you know, constantly producing, producing. And so when I started uh, dancing or, or singing and playing, things just got better for me, you know. And my mom bless her beautiful heart, she, she doesn't believe that that's a good thing, <laughs> the dancing and being creative <laughs> and colorful, you know. But see, that's where I got it. And she probably got it from her parents, which was a really up, a hard upbringing, very strict um, farm background. So 
you probably your survival depended on it. But now we're here where we can go take up uh, art, which is why I prescribe it to everybody and kids, a musical instrument, dance, cooking, anything where your children can keep those chakras open because then you're a whole person. Now, if you're walking around half of a person, that's when you get the energy exchange from the boss who squashes you or, or talks down at you. So you need to bring your power chakra up, find that thing you enjoy to doing, and that makes you more a healthier person. And then they walk right by you and yell at the person next to you. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> but it depends on where you're at. If you're in a, a pleasant place, your chakras are wide open, your heart's open. You know, you go to a family reunion. I can't tell you how many people get sore throats about one day later. Because they bit their tongue the whole time they were there. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to put a Band-Aid on it during a break. The book is Our Energy Matters, The Art of Crystal Reading. Learn how to manifest your heartfelt intentions. Dina Marie is our guest. Ken Ulrich has been anointed. I almost said sideshow. He's no sideshow. Sometimes he's sidekick. sidekick Kenny. What sure. am I saying here? Ken Ulrich joins us as well. And when we come back, I'm going to trot out a theory that I am working on here. Everybody knows the expression, character is destiny. But how can you discover or divine someone's character? I think I've found a way. And if it doesn't work, I'll toss it into the junk drawer with the rest of my pet theories. But who knows? I would love to get Dina Marie and Kenny to join in the conversation. You're listening to Manson Mitchell. We're delighted to have you with us. And after a couple of minutes, we'll talk some more on the home team station for Alternative Talk in Seattle, AM 1150. We'll be right back. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is mansonmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Norm with your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. While coronavirus infections could go down over the next few months, we're still headed into flu season. Millions of Americans will be affected by the flu. But the good news is that we do have a safe and effective vaccine. But sadly, too many people go unvaccinated, especially African Americans. For more about flu vaccine, talk to your doctor or visit aawellnessproject.org. I'm Gary Mance. 
I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Nance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. On the path to good health and well-being? Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell. Three Dog Night. And our very special guests this hour, Dina Marie and Kenny Ulrich. Dina Marie, if people would like to get your book, we already found out it's at several bookstores. What but did you do say? You have, uh, do you have a, a website? <laughs> is there a way people can connect with you? Do you have some events going on? What would you like to tell our listeners and also when they can hear you on air on KKNW? Well, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie is at 8 a.m. on Fridays. I love our lineup. You sound so excited to announce it. Fridays are like the best There lineup. we go. That's what I'm looking for. Gary Mance, Mance energy. Mitchell, Sunny in Seattle, yeah. Conscious Talk. Great I love lineup. Us. Great lineup. We, oh, and then you have Trip Talk. On Friday? Yes. Yes, at 1 in o'clock. The afternoon. So listen mm-hmm. all day, Fridays, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. It's dina-marie.com. And I have a Patreon page, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie Patreon. And I had an idea. So I went in there, I made all these tiers, and it, it's nothing like anyone else's because I didn't look at anyone else's. <laughs> but what it is is my shocker readings and uh, classes. Uh, you can come out to Woodby Island for a retreat. And I'm doing a drawing for that. And then you can be on my show and be a guest and talk about your experience. So really, it's just my would-be retreats uh, online because I'm doing Zoom now. But because of Anthony Manna buying my book four months ago and just being in awe, in awe, <laughs> and he's a professor, okay, 50 years of doing all this. And he's reading my book and, and, and making poetry out of it now and doing some healing work. I'm just blown away. Costa Rica, someone calls me, and then she has two books and my picture's in there and glued in there and I kind of remember that day. It's just so bizarre. You know, it was the, the New Spirit Journal uh, meeting that I met you at, Good Company. That whole thing, but that was the day I met you guys. And then you came to my event, and then we became that friends. That was up in Everett. I remember that. I know. It's been wow. a, I love, the book has been the most, I call it a calling card. And that's why I gave it away. But, I, you know, I gave you guys like 50, I believe, for your church. And now mm-hmm. there's one that's $150 in Florida for sale, right? Okay. Somebody, wow. Marion Williamson did sign a copy, and I'm wondering if that's the copy. <laughs> it could be, because she's in my book, so I had her um, sign it. Marion Williamson, you never know. That book could be out there for someone to buy. I Terrific. love that. I really do. <laughs> um, gosh, so many directions to go. One of the things that I wanted to bring up before I bring up my latest pet theory, Dina Marie, is that you write in your book about the healing effect of crystals and intentionality on even animals. And this was important to me. That bit was read to me by Suzanne this morning over our coffee. And I said, oh, let's be sure to include that. And I'm especially interested in hearing what you have to say in light of the fact that a close friend of mine who is a minister and an energetic healer par excellence, she lives here in Sarasota. She actually kept her cat who was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given a very poor prognosis, even after some radical surgery, but she spent the money and the time. And of course the energy in keeping that cat of hers alive a year past this dire prognosis. And she did it on the basis of being around the cat constantly and, and 
holding the cat a lot and and expressing love, but also doing energetic healing. And this animal, which was who was loving the attention, responded to it in a way that exceeded the expectations of the veterinarian who marveled at how long the survivability was the way that the cat was cared for at home by one person. Well, that's energy Reiki. It's just hands-on healing, but your energy matters. So everything you think, do, if she's loving the cat, she's also loving herself. So she spent a year probably focusing on giving love, which is what Reiki is, and it's unconditional love. Uh, if we're super busy, we, we don't do, give that off. But I think what I've learned is if a, someone comes to me and they have uh, throat issues, their, their cats will get some big old something on their neck, you know, and have to take some medicine for it. Uh, parents bring their kids because they have some issues. It turns out it's the parents' issues that's causing the child to have that issue. So we open and close our energy and chakras all day long, but animals and children compensate. They want to give energy. They give it to you unconditionally. And then if we're healthy, it's it's a nice exchange. But if we're not healthy, and in my book, because I'm rereading it, my kids, when I was super angry, super thin, and super, like, mean, okay, <laughs> I mean, I was really angry. And they all overcompensated. They all gained lots of weight. My uh, earth sign, my Taurus, became my rock. He always, like, Mom, sit down, rest, and, and wanted to hug me. My oldest, Aries, she became, like, okay, that's the number. This is the address. She was always thinking for me. And then my uh, beautiful Gemini uh, slash cancer uh, daughter, April, became this big-hearted lovely girl who tried to mother me and as soon as I cleared that anger and as soon as I, I started loving myself and letting go of that person um, they all lost weight they all got healthy we were we were a healthier family so you know the healthier we are the healthier your home is the healthier your pets will be probably the healthier your community it just goes on and on and on but yeah the, I, I was shocked when I would ask a question about their animal and then they would do the chakra reading and have that same blockage you know Interesting. I'm like, a, I love, I'm inquisitive. And this, well, and this, still, crazy. this still goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation about these energy exchanges. So the exchange is not only with uh, another person in your life, the exchange is also going to be happening with the animals in your life. Any, any, any living thing is you're going to have that energy exchange with. And, um, and it's interesting that you say that the chakras open and close all day long. And again, kind of the same question, are they opening and closing because of your, your uh, communication or, pro or proximity to another person? I mean, is that, is that part of it? I, it's, I, I, have, I love doing readings because you can see when chakras are closed or open. But for me, for instance, I'm having a really good day. I walked into a store and um, it, the news was on. And it was, it was horrible news. And I slapped my forehead. I mean, I literally just like, oh, my God, I don't want to see this. That was a yeah. chakra closing. Um, uh, yeah. so I've seen people say they're not angry. And first thing they do is cross their arms and they get, they get angry, you know. And so that's your uh, power chakra. You're trying to protect it. A, a great one is like if you're walking around and you see someone that's attractive, that's another chakra, <laughs> you know, it, it just opens immediately and, and then you might go home and it closes. But those chakras, or I always say too, like stubbing your toe, if people are living up in their heads, they don't know they have feet, you know, and when they, they stub their toe, that's your root chakra. All of a sudden you feel your body, it gets open, um, then you start thinking about your life and all your problems and you go right back up into your head and you can't see the world around you. 
So now you're, all your lower chakras are closed. It's, it, to me, I'm just fascinated. I'm so fascinated. And I love when people come to me for reading and they, they look down and I know they're shaking their head that their crown chakra is closed. And then I ask them, go someplace uh, on vacation. Or if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? Uh, and they'll look up and then all of a sudden their crown chakra is open. And I love it when I see my grandkids because they're always looking up. And that makes me know they're in a good place. But if I see a teenager looking down, shaking their head because they don't have the answer, I really am. That's the kids I kind of mentor <laughs> and try to lift their spirits, you know, with art or music. But yeah, they open and close all day long. Did you want to give us your theory, Gary? Which Why, I have yes. not heard. <laughs> nope. I decided to keep this to myself until airtime. Rock and roll. <laughs> we all we all know the phrase character is destiny. And it occurred to me as I was rolling that around my noggin that it really begins in childhood. That's no big revelation. But I wanted to put it in the form of a question. What if candy is character? And by that, I mean, if you look at what kinds of candies people enjoy, that tells you a lot about their personality, about the way they look at and approach daily living. Now, remember, this is just in the incipient phase here, so I don't know if what I'm saying is malarkey or if I'm getting at something here. You folks be the judge, including our listeners. But let me give you an example. Me, when it comes to candy is character, I was told when I was a youngin that I was unorthodox. Why can't you be like other people? You always have to do things different, just to be different, my mom would say. And then I thought about, well, what kinds of candy do I like to eat if I'm going to flesh out this theory of mine? I was the kid who didn't need the Mars bar, though they're okay, and didn't bother with Milky Way bars, though they're okay. I was the kid who wanted to get my hands on Chico sticks. And I would say a good word on behalf of Abba Zabba. <laughs> I wanted to have the offbeat candies because I just wanted to be different. Well, what does this have to offer? I grew up in Orange County, California, and here I am walking around with a stick of Turkish taffy. So I'm trying to be an internationalist at a young age. <laughs> there have been other people would have, and here's, here's the perfect example of a methodical person as Suzanne <laughs> slaps her forehead. A perfect example. Did you ever know a kid in school, and we'll get to your favorite candy shortly, but did you ever know a kid in school who didn't simply chomp on a Tootsie Roll pop. Oh, no. They licked all around it like a moon orbiting a planet or a planet, a star, until they got to that wonderful center where they could enjoy it. And they were willing to go through all that it took, and this can be time-consuming, just like the story, to get to a Tootsie Roll <laughs> pop in that wonderful center. Other people who were dedicated who were methodical would gladly work their way through to the bottom of a box of cracker jack because they wanted the prize i used to wonder, do you even enjoy cracker i mean do you like the cracker jack there but they would actually eat their way through to the bottom and dina marie we're not on video but on zoom dina marie is making the motion like overturn the box of cracker jack and get, get to, to the it. damn prize <laughs> but there are people who would deliberately work their way through to it or they would eat a tootsie roll which is segmented, if you think about it, and they would break off one piece at a time to lengthen their enjoyment of it. When you look at these sorts of things, and we're talking about candy, you learn a lot about how people function in this world. 
So true. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> it's yep, so true. Yep. But I have done like you, you get a box of chocolates with assorted and I've done readings on that. You get a box of crayons. I can do readings on that. You look at what people wear every day. That's a reading. You know, some people are just drawn to certain things. And if you take notice and you actually pay attention, you can read. Well, and you don't want to read people all day long. It's, it's just too much time. But you really can. But Dina Marie, what kind of candy do you like now or did you like as a child? Um, before I used to do these big chunks of bubble gum and my teeth are really bad. So now I love dark chocolate. The good kind. I mean, I'm talking the best chocolate you can buy. Oh, I will yeah. not eat cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very it's good. Kenny. Kenny. Candy. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I, I don't know if this is a plug or not, but the Bohem's Candy Shop in Issaquah there, I love their turtles. Turtles. And uh, uh, We've been there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. 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 That's it. Well, you see, now this... I said he's he's a well-to-do man about town. Of course, he, gets, he has time and money to go stuff himself full of that delicious chocolate That's there in Issaquah. Sure. Absolutely. I ride the Harley there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, even better. There, but I, I find, and I think Dina Marie's going to resonate with this. There's a saying, it comes, as far as I can tell, from Zen Buddhism as popularized in the West. But you will hear a Zen master now and again say, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So that there are these indicators in our daily habits about how we're going to approach life and subsumed under that, of course, our relationships with other people. Uh, sure. I think, I think, and uh, Kenny and I have been talking, I think you really need to do what lifts your spirits and what brings you joy. If nothing, if this thing has not taught you this year about living life to the fullest, you know, and, and uh, Anthony Mann was on my show, and he deals with that guilt. You're loving yourself. You're doing what you want. You, you have to let that, that voice go, that, that critic or the person that you're not good enough or whatever. I think just finding joy, pure joy. And if you like to eat something, eat it with joy. Eat it and, and love it. And I think that's so much better than overthinking or worrying or living in the past, going to the future. I think right now I just think people should put the pedal to the metal eat chocolate, get on their Harleys, <laughs> blow some glass. <laughs> Gary, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you off the top of my head, one of the things that I want to do and intend to do, I haven't yet, but I've been kind of thinking maybe I'd like to try this. Maybe I, maybe part of me doesn't want to dare, but I'll probably do it anyway. I would like to ask my subconscious mind, and a great way to do that is to Treat your thoughts almost as lullabies when you're in bed before you drift off to sleep. Talk to your subconscious mind the way you would talk to your best friend. And I want to ask my subconscious to reveal to me something that I would regard as a hidden talent. Now, there was a point where Ken wasn't thinking about glass blowing; He was thinking about making airplanes. And he got into this, circumstances being what they were, and his products are beautiful. Grandma Moses is the example of a lot of people trot out. You know, when she became successful as a just discovered artist, when she was 80. So don't okay, wait that I'm long. Not 80 don't yet. wait that long. <laughs> don't wait that long. No. Whatever your age is, there are William James, the great psychologist and philosopher William James said in, at the end of the uh, 19th century, that we only operate at about 10% of our capacity. 
that there are hidden talents, which if we explored them, would give us a whole new lease on life, a creative impulse that we could follow, perhaps to great success. But we live most of our lives, as he saw it, in shadow. We don't know what we're capable of, and therefore we live these blunted lives. I'm thinking one of the things I want to do in 2021 is hopefully we're going to emerge from this cocoon that's brought about by the pandemic when you feel safe to go out and about. I hope to pursue some talent that right now is unknown to me, something which is in the potential stage, is, is the, uh, the chrysalis rather than the butterfly, and see if there's something that I can explore and maybe even exploit as a marketable talent about which previously I knew nothing. So if your power chakra is blocked in a reading, I'll ask you, what did you used to do when you were five? What do you love to do when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I can remember my first Halloween costume, at least the first one I can recall, I wanted to be Zorro. And so we all showed up in kindergarten and there I was, I didn't look anything like Guy Williams of <laughs> Disney fame there. He was the uh, original TV Zorro, but I, I had my cape on and I had my little plastic sword and I was Zorro. So you want to take up sword fighting? Uh, not no, not not sword fighting should. so much as as acting, as acting. being in the performing arts in some way, so that I can create a new persona and a new little world for myself. That's all about disruptive play, about shaking things up, making a point about life in the form of play, in some form or fashion. Go for it. I mean, that sounds like fun. There's acting. At all ages, and there's you're in Florida. There's got to be some place where oh, there, there's community theater here. Ta-da! <laughs> That's your per prescription. There's your homework. Yeah. You'll probably oh, and because of your past life, you came just like Anthony to be on stage. You know, he, in this life, he came from being a priest, right, an author, and and now he's out expressing himself and and doing acting and dancing. Here you are. It's a it's a great synchronicity, and and you came here to express yourself. Acting would be amazing, and I thought of writing too, writing and acting. For you, Gary Mance? Yeah. Oh, I definitely would love that. Absolutely. Everybody in one way or another is looking for a platform. They may do it in relative obscurity and be fine with that. Other people struggle to get noticed in this life. We all know people like that. And sometimes that's all of us, I suppose. But the idea of finding a place to play is your platform. And it becomes like the medium is the message. And so you find out where you can have an impact, preferably a healthy impact, and just go for it. Don't let age be a factor. Exactly. How many times have you run into people say, oh, you know, back when I was a kid, I thought about that, but I'm, I'm past that now. Well, I wrote, I wrote an album and everyone's like, why didn't you sing on it? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even think about it. So Faye's going to give me singing lessons. And yeah, I'm scared. I, it's, it's, it'll be a huge leap for me because I had a teacher here at Sunset Elementary, tell me in fifth grade that I could not sing. And, you know, doing radio uh, was really, really rough, really rough for a long, long time. And now I enjoy uh, hearing my voice. So and a lot of people, I can I can do it. I just it's again, it's being up in front of people and having that teacher, you know, hypnotherapy gets you those tapes and finds out where it came from. But, you know, I still have that yeah. person in my mind telling me I can't sing in fifth grade. Who tells a child they can't sing in fifth grade? Who cares? Right. They should just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Let them yes. sing. So that's yes. my prescription. So you're going to do some acting. I'm going to take some voice lessons. Oh, I just love that. <laughs> <Gary's> <laughs> <silent>. <laughs> I just love that. 
Suzanne, who thinks like an engineer, she can reverse engineer a paperclip. She's just really good at that kind of thing. Nevertheless, has latent, for the, for the most part, latent artistic ability that I still say, Suzanne, you got from your mother, who was a self-taught artist. She did a wonder. I have her paintings up on our walls around here to look at. She did a great job with still life and so forth. She was just, she was self-taught, but you have that artistic ability. I think sometimes you just figure, okay, practical necessities override my decision to uh, partake of some creative endeavor or not, because maybe you don't see it as having enough practical impact. There are things you must do before you can get to the things you would like to do. Oh, very puritanical. And I'm sorry to say that you're right. That, <laughs> you know, what my to-do list is all the things that are necessary to do to uh, keep uh, how home and, and, and hearth and food on the table and all that kind of good stuff. And, and somewhere at the bottom of the list is having fun. And that's... I wish I, I was know, there with you. So I would take we, we had fun looking at animals yeah. and things. Suzanne, this is exciting. This is exciting because I, I remember your mom and yeah, you, I just saw you on a hill just painting. What are those where they you show up and and you're all by yourself and you're doing a landscape? Darn yes. it. Yes. A mural? Yeah. No, it's not a mural, but I'll figure it out. Okay. Oh, darn it. Okay. Never mind, but you're an artist. And remember, in your past life, you were... You were ahead of everything financially. So you literally were making sure the church was ran that way. Right. You got right. Gary in the catacombs, you know, typing, not typing. You were like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're writing a lot, a lot, a lot. I of had writing. my chisel going. There you go. <laughs> so now if he was to get out and, and perform and you were to get out and paint, that would bring a, a healthier balance to your relationship. There's your our energy matters coupling therapy for the day. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and Ken, let me run this by you. You do a lot already. Is there something else you've always wanted to try but couldn't fit into your schedule? Well, there's there's just so many I I uh, probably wouldn't focus. But I would probably like to branch out more in the glass arena because mm. there's so many facets to it. There's blowing. There's fusing. There's casting. There's you know there's there's so many uh, very and basically. Well, your mind is the limit to it. You can do anything with it in any form, in any fashion. And only thing, one thing I would say about with Gary pursuing his acting is, uh, I would say, was if let it evolve as it evolves, because sometimes, you know, you start out with one direction, but it branches off into other directions that is more suited to you and and not be afraid to branch out and you know because you might be an actor you might do the sets you might do you know other parts of it too and stuff like you that might take up sword fighting yeah oh, no yeah <laughs> don't sword fight yeah. women zorro, zorro. <laughs> all right kiddos we what had some fun free, hour. it was fun and free therapy today <laughs> that's true too dina marie thank you so much for yeah. being with us today we really appreciate it coming Always. in off the uh, off the bench out of the bullpen. And Ken, and, thanks so much for joining us. And Kenny, you're my too. brother from another mother. Right. I've told you that before. Yes. You'll hear it again. And you're welcome in our studio anytime. All right. Thank you. I love you guys. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, the Church of Up. Christine Upchurch, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience and Gary Mance, host of American Road Trip Talk. Have a great weekend, everyone.